your elevated conversation on crucial issues. Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources. We're staying with the presidential politics as we continue on. Listeners to the show know we've been tracking tracking no labels uh, since it announced a plan to run a unity presidential ticket in 2024. Should we end up with a rematch of uh, former President Trump and current President Joe Biden, and they are still in the process of trying to figure out what that unity ticket might look like if there is a path to victory. I think that's another important thing for the organization. Uh, and so what does that path look like? Of course, we just listened to Nikki Haley saying she's uh, going to stay in for a while, so no exit strategy there as yet. But what does that mean for no labels? Uh, does it mean that uh, there will or won't be with some pretty high-profile names uh, taking a pass this time around. Jared Gans, of course, is campaign reporter for The Hill, covering elections and both the federal and the state level. And a great piece at thehill.com. No labels looking at some dwindling options. And uh, Jared, welcome back to the show. Hi, right, thanks for having me. Uh, so give us a little sense. Obviously, we had the uh, two two of the highest profile names, uh, for sure. Uh, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, who's uh, opting for a Senate run, which is a head a little bit of a head-scratcher for a lot of folks. Uh, and then West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin announcing, rolling into the weekend, that he was not going to be running on a presidential ticket uh, in 2024. So give us a sense. What's the lay of the land, and uh, what are the conversations sounding like when it comes to a potential third-party run? Absolutely. So as you know, uh, Larry Hogan and Joe Manchin, they were two of the most uh, high-profile names that were getting attention who could have ended up on a possible no-labels ticket. No-labels, which is looking to run this unity ticket composed of one Republican and one Democrat, uh, which would potentially run on a centrist platform if we do have a rematch between Trump and Biden. And now with both of them choosing different routes to not run for president, uh, it's a bit unclear as to who may potentially step up to fill their spot. There are a number of other names that have at times been rumored that pundits have wondered if they might be interested. But over the months, Hogan and Manchin have both definitely received the most attention. So in terms of name recognition, they would have had seemingly a bigger advantage heading in than uh, another candidate if no labels decides to go there. Yeah. And have you uh, have you been he- hearing any specific names in your conversations and uh, kind of from your unique vantage point there, any of those maybe second tier kind of names that uh, might be bubbling up? Absolutely. There have been a number of names. One of the most uh, high profile names otherwise um, is, in fact, Nikki Haley, who is uh, still staying in the Republican race. But Haley, after um, a number of new labels, had said that they would give serious consideration to her. Haley said herself that she's not interested. Uh, Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who had run in the Republican primary, actually refused to roll out a possible third party run earlier this month. But he said any decision in which she does uh, choose to run would need to have a clear path to victory, a clear path to get to 270 electoral votes. So it's really uncertain if he would be willing to do that. And there are a number of other politicians who have tied themselves to no labels and supported the idea of the effort. Former Utah Governor John Huntsman has been supportive, but he said as far as uh, his own considerations are concerned, he is not interested in running for president. Yeah, and so as you as you look at some of the reasoning uh, behind that, it was, some, it was interesting in your piece, uh, you noted that some people are looking at 
the organization as a whole and whether or not they're really ready for that prime time, that big time in terms of trying to run a national kind of race. Does that seem to have weighed in in terms of both Hogan and Manchin in terms of their decisions that perhaps the group wasn't as sophisticated or as organized as you'd actually have to be in order to really run a serious uh, national campaign? It's certainly possible for Hogan and for Manchin when they made their announcements, Hogan to run for Senate and Manchin to just not run. They didn't directly refer to the possibility of them running under the no labels ticket, but they did seem, it seemed that Chad just wondered if they saw what their decisions were as a a better path. Hogan, potentially a more viable path to run for Senate and um, Chad just, said that uh, no labels might not be ready for running a a serious presidential campaign. It's not an easy thing to be able to run a presidential campaign, and it's definitely quite a tall task. And the Democrats and the Republicans have really had a head start, whereas no labels, it's not clear if they're going to run a ticket or who would potentially be on there. And they're going to have a lot less time than the two major parties have had uh, heading into November. Yeah. And one of the things that we have pointed out is just the the difficulty and the expense of getting on the ballot, getting that ballot access in all 50 states. Uh, You uh, noted in your reporting that there are about 14 or 16 uh, where they are now. It's a long way to 50, but they seem to be confident they can get there. Uh, That also had to weigh in on some of these uh, higher profile folks saying, look, that's a that is a big, tall order uh, to get there. And uh, what does that actually tell us in terms of ballot access? And uh, what does that mean moving forward? Absolutely. So, as you know, it's uh, currently no labels has reserved a spot for 16 states. And they are vowing that they will they do expect to reach access on all 50 states. And they do still have time on that. Most states. Uh, filing deadlines are not for a few months away. Um, a spokesperson for No Labels noted that in 1992, when Ross Perot mounted his independent run, he didn't join the race until February of that year, and he was able to get access to all 50 states. So it's definitely still a possibility. But in terms of being viable, a third-party run is difficult to do. Ross Perot ran the most successful third-party run in modern uh, American politics, and he still only received about 19% of the vote and failed to win a single state. So it's definitely a tall task, even if No Labels is able to get on the ballot in all 50 states. They will need to figure out a strategy to have a potentially viable uh, ticket to compete with the Democrats and the Republicans. Yeah, no question about that. Anything else you're watching kind of under the radar in terms of uh, how this might play out in the coming weeks? Obviously, we have South Carolina this week. I'm I'm actually watching uh, uh, Nikki Haley right now uh, saying one more time that she's not uh, interested in a no labels uh, bid right now. She's staying in until the last vote is counted on the Republican side. Uh, is there anything that, that you're kind of keeping your eye on that might indicate any kind of shifts or changes or, or maybe a dark horse candidate uh, coming out that might take that no labels ticket? Absolutely. So there's a number of third party candidates who are already in the race Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Cornell West, Jill Stein, and strategists from both sides seem to note that this recognized a a continued discontent for the two very likely presidential candidates that we're going to have in the fall, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Both are very unpopular in the polls and voters overwhelmingly do not want to see a rematch of the 2020 race. 
So really, it, it remains open and uniquely potentially in 2024 that we could continue to see candidates jumping in the race as the months go on that we might not be expecting. There have been a number of names that have been floated, but it definitely remains possible that a name that hasn't been floated could decide to join the race and see if they can shake things up with so many people uh, seemingly turned off to the two very likely choices going into November. All right. Uh, Great reporting. Uh, Jared Gans, of course, campaign reporter for The Hill, covering elections both federal and state. And a great piece at thehill.com. Check that out today as well. Uh, Jared, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So over the last uh, 30 minutes, we've been really breaking down where the state of the race is. Of course, that began today with Nikki Haley declaring her state of the race, where things fall in terms of her campaign. And uh, she made a, a speech that I think was one of her better speeches laying out the case, uh, talking about the reasons why she's staying in and why that actually matters. She's now making the rounds on all of the national cable news networks, uh, reiterating her stance that she is going to stay in, uh, that this is not the beginning of the end, just the end of the beginning, and and really making the case why. And you also heard from Jared Gans there that, uh, that people are just not satisfied with these choices if this ends up uh, being what it looks like in terms of a Biden-Trump 2.0 presidential election. And as we all know, uh, every day, every week is an eternity in an election year, uh, particularly a presidential election year. Uh, And so we have to keep letting these things play out. Nikki Haley said she will still be standing on Sunday morning, regardless of what happens in South Carolina. Uh, She's making a big push and pitch to all voters in North Carolina, assuming in South Carolina, uh, 94% of which are eligible to vote in the South Carolina primary on Saturday. We'll see what happens there, if that changes things or if the status quo continues to prevail. We'll step aside for some bottom of the hour news, more inside sources coming up next. Stick around. 